Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Did I say that right? Did I say Texas Values? It almost felt like a bee rolled off of my tongue or my lips. Uh, We're doing the show a little bit earlier than we usually do, uh, but not that early. So, um, uh, confession, I might have slept a little bit longer than I usually do this morning since I didn't have to drive all the way to the Capitol or to where our offices are downtown. But it's summer, right? We can have a little bit more time to catch our breath, maybe, some of us. Uh, I have some things I'll be talking about next week and a couple of weeks that relate to things in my own life. But this show is not about me. It's about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. If you're new to the show, we've we've had over 200 consecutive episodes of the Texas Values Weekly Report. We're excited about that as we roll into the second half of the year. A lot of issues to talk about in the state of Texas. Still a little bit of follow-up on our legislative session that ended in May here in Texas. But, you know, a lot of transition. People starting to get ready for school, starting to get ready for the next round of elections at the state and federal level. We're getting ready for the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum that's going to happen on September 6th and 7th. That's at Great Hills Baptist Church, northwest part of Austin. But it's not just a local event. This is a statewide event. We've got leaders from all over the state and at nationally coming in. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But we want to jump right in to the segment of our show where we talk to our special guest. And speaking of Policy Forum, one of the people that's going to be at the Policy Forum is our guest today. Ken Williams is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He has been pastor of Bethel Church in California since 2006. He has a background in marketing and finance. But one of the things that you'll hear a lot from him and you'll hear talked about at the Policy Forum is the ministry that he is the co-founder of and what it relates to. It's called Equipped to Love. And it's a ministry about those impacted by homosexuality. And there's this huge movement that really started in California and other parts of the country as a result of some efforts to change different laws and to really impact the freedoms of people. And what happened was we found out there were a lot of people that had been involved in the homosexual lifestyle that left that lifestyle and wanted to move forward in with Christ and in their own lives. And as a result of that, we found a lot of people wanted to talk about it and wanted to share that message. And once they started sharing it, there were other people that said, hey, that happened with me too. It's been incredibly exciting. Ken Williams, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's great to be here with you. Well, look, you and I met last year at a conference, I forget, in D.C. or New York, wherever it was, with a lot of like-minded folks talking about these issues that we're dealing with across the country. A lot of it deals with law and policy, but these are issues that impact people's personal lives. Tell our listeners a little bit more detail about your background and some of the work you're doing today. Uh, Sure. I um, was raised in church. I'm a Texan. I was raised in the Dallas area, different places around Texas mostly. And, um, and came to know the Lord when I was eight years old, had a very genuine experience of, of coming to know Him personally, um, and yet was very devastated as, a, I don't know, a 13, 14-year-old kid to discover that I didn't feel like I was like the other boys. I was not sexually attracted to the girls like they were. I was sexually attracted to the boys, which 
you know, created quite a bit of inner turmoil because I, I, I didn't have any desire to be sexual with a boy. I wanted to be like the other boys. I wanted to be able to manifest my maleness and fit in with the guys and wanted to eventually have a family like the one I was growing up in where, you know, where there's the mom and dad and then the kids and, and um, I didn't seem to have, I didn't seem to be on that track though. That was very disturbing for me. Um, I was mocked by, you know, by other boys pretty mercilessly. I was the little scrawny kid, uh, you know, the, the most uh, scrawny in every class. And, and so I just, I had very little self-esteem but um, so by the time I was, I had, I had, by the time I was 16 or 17, I had um, had some somewhat sexual uh, relationships with a couple of guys. I've been exposed, you know, as a, as a kid to uh, pornography, to hardcore gay pornography, just accidentally playing in a field. And, um, and so I was, I was a pretty, I had a pretty traumatized childhood um, to the point that I was suicidal when I was 17 I actually walked into a, I snuck into a Christian bookstore looking for any, any help I could find, you know, in a book on homosexuality. And there was not, there was not one. And I, so I walked out of the Christian bookstore suicidal at 17 years old. Um, you know, the good news is that God, you know, God really cares about what matters to us. And he certainly cares about our identities and our sexuality and so once I, once I really came to the end of my rope and was crying out for help, God got me connected to a, uh, a Christian psychologist who I saw, regu- I saw weekly for five years, kept me alive, um, gave me hope. And then I started to experience God more personally, uh, experientially in my life, and went on a journey of really mining the depths of how good His love was and that he wasn't just this taskmaster who was expecting me to perform, but he was, he was going to be in my life with me, really, like as Romans 12 says, you know, transforming me by the renewing of my mind. You know, rather than being conformed to this world, we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I, I walked through about a 10-year journey, uh, 10 or 15 years from the age 17, um, and to the point that I found myself being sexually attracted to a girl when I was in my early 30s, maybe 30, 32 or so, was shocked to find that I was uh, that attracted. Um, married her a year and a half later, and, and we've been married now today 13 years, and we have four children together. Um, and and I just, I've, ex- I've experienced just a radical transformation in my life by following God, um, and now I know a lot of people that have experienced the same. Well, look, your message, your story, and your ability to talk about it in public is extremely important. But at the same time, I imagine that there are a lot of people that have gone through that same experience. We're seeing evidence of that, and we just don't hear it talked about as much. And so we're talking with Ken Williams, who is the co-founder of the Equipped to Love Ministry and also does a lot, a variety of different ministry work as it relates to people that are struggling with issues of homosexuality, people that want to leave the homosexual lifestyle, if you will. And Ken, you're not just telling people what to do or being there to encourage them. You've lived this. You've lived through this. And I want to take it back for a second because 
You know, talk about when you were younger, and, and, and I don't want to tell the whole story yet because I want people to come to the policy forum to hear you speak and meet you in person. <laughs> but, you know, look, I, and I'm sure there's a lot you could say about this other than just over 10 or 15 minutes. But but I, I do want to just allow our listeners to step back and hear what you said. Some of this starting when you were young, but really talking about what we here talked about, right, these, um, these thoughts of suicide. You know, as we get closer to back to school, we're about halfway through the summer, but school starts earlier than it used to these days. So we're about a month away for some kids. You know, kids deal and struggle with a lot of things when they're younger, particularly when they're going through adolescent and puberty and all those things. And so many of us can identify, if you will, with what it's what it was like to be a young child or a teenager and maybe you know, having some times where we didn't feel so good about ourselves. And, and you know, but the issues and, and the thoughts of suicide that I'm sure, you know, well, that I imagine might have continued or you, you might have had from time to time over the years, those are pretty powerful. Absolutely. And and that that's a common experience for people that find themselves with same-sex attraction or some kind of gender confusion. Um, there, there is a high rate of suicidality there. And I think one thing that's so dangerous right now is that um, there, there, there's a we can't lump everybody all into one group. That is to say that all LGBTQ people or people that identify that way are the same or have the same feelings or same struggles um, or same level of embracing uh, that that lifestyle or identity. Uh, each person is unique, and so. While, you know, some people will, will indicate that, well, they were, they were just fine with their same-sex attraction or whatever, to the extent that that's true, it's also just as true that many, many people um, are, are just like I was, that, that whatever they felt in themselves uh, that, that was not mainstream was very disturbing to them. And, you know, for me, I mean, I, my experience was one that felt like conviction of the Holy Spirit telling me this is not the way for you. And so um, if I hadn't been able to find help, if I hadn't been able to find a counselor that would partner with what my, my values were and what my goals were for my life, um, I probably would have ended my life. And, and so, and, and, you know, there, there is a move now by governments and by um, even Amazon.com right now there is, is trying to ban, well, they, they have banned books from several of my friends who are also in the ex-gay ministry and have personal, I mean, it's like their life stories of how they came out of homosexuality and are banning those books. And, and those books are the very ones that rescue people like me from suicide. Well, it's, a very, it's a very serious thing. Well, and look, you know, we're talking with Ken Williams, who is the co-founder of the Equipped to Love Ministry, also part of the change movement, the once gay movement, as some people talk. There's a book that's been put together of a collection of personal stories, real people who have left the homosexual lifestyle and are now are living in Christ. They're living. Many of them are are married with a heterosexual spouse. They have children. And so and I don't want to like act like that's a surprise, but I do think there are people that think, oh, that doesn't happen, or show me evidence, or oh, that's just one person, and it's very uncommon. I don't know what the statistics are, but the reality is it does happen. Now, but to your point, it's not easy, or or there can continue to be challenges, and if folks don't have support, if they're not able to bond with their Christian beliefs 
and find way to get support or to be aware of information or people like you, so to speak, exist. Oh, this can happen. I can change my life or I can resist this sin or this temptation or whatever it is that and, and how it manifests itself for people. And there's an effort by some to make it harder for people to have that information. And I like how you touched on, I won't say if, if likes the right word, I think it's important what you said about how um, you were looking for that information. You didn't, you couldn't get it as a young person and it was, and that made it difficult. And had you, who knows, maybe, uh, you know, you might've come to this point earlier on, but it's an indication that this information is very valuable. And you're right. We've got these stories coming out the past couple of weeks and they've probably been around for longer than that where Amazon is banning these books. And we've got people from Texas that are involved in these efforts as well, that the Amazon is really taking this position that it's not appropriate. You think about all the stuff they sell and all of a sudden this is not appropriate. That really could be life-saving information that Amazon is shutting out. Am I right? Absolutely. And it's, it's such a double standard because if you, know, if you look at all of the books that Amazon does have available, uh, it's it's not as if they're applying the same uh, the same rationale or regulations to other books. So you can you can get books on how to kill yourself. You can get you know heinous books, things that we think would be very dangerous for society or which people might walk away and harm themselves as a result of having read. And and those aren't banned. And the ones that are banned um, are are. There, you know, it's it, mostly it's just people's own testimonies. It's it's not these strange commands to harm your to harm oneself. So, um, you know, they're, they're under pressure. There, there's uh, like I started to talk about earlier. You can't lump everybody into one category. There are uh, you know amazing people who identify as LGBTQ just out of life experience. That's what they've identified as. But and, and then there's also the activists who um, are pushing an agenda. And that's a very we, we can't treat them all the same. But those that are put, have been pushing an agenda for 30 years and have been funded by very wealthy people are, are have pushed an ideology so hard that Amazon has caved to, to that. And it's it's uh, it, it's very concerning that that one small people, one small group of activists within a small people group could take away freedoms and truth from the rest of society. It, it that's uh that's where we are right now in America, whether the public knows it or not. And, and that's why we have to stand up and start, um, you know, defending our own rights or else we won't have that opportunity at some point. Well, look, there are all kinds of books and, and I'm there's one I'm I'm not I'm just looking at the title here and the unrated version is available, whatever that means on Amazon. I mean, to your point about the type of content that Amazon allows and, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to shift people to go look at these things. I have no idea what's in some of these books that are popular in our society among some people that are talked about. And But there's clearly a double standard. And, and whether it even it's not a double standard, it's an intention and an effort to withhold, to shut out this information. And it's really not right for a lot of reasons. But to your point about it being life-saving, and look, Everybody else is having the conversation about sexuality. Is there only one side of it? I mean, that's, you know, and that's what I think has been a lot of the double standard is people wanted their freedom to live their life the right way. I mean, I sort of, this was sort of, um, uh, what's the word, a serious, like a tweet that I put out, but really almost trying to make it thought provoking um, on these issues. Are we leading into a direction where society says that you have to stay gay? 
I mean, that you're not allowed yes. to now get information if you don't want to be gay, if you will? No, we're speeding toward that. That that I mean, it, it's worse than that. That That is coming full force right now in a hurry. And, and that is, I mean, to me, that's just so concerning that any ideology on, on any topic that, that we would be living that way, that, that you know, truth or, or um, opportunity for people to express different opinions would be robbed from America is very concerning. And, and in this area, of course, it's very personal for me. And, and people do end their lives over lack of hope in this area. And so the idea that hope is being taken away, you know, who's to say what hope is for you? You know, my, my, I, I get to have my, my religious convictions in America, at least I'm supposed to. And so if for me, I have conviction over how I should live, um, I should be able to pursue that 100% as long as I'm not, you know, harming someone else by my choices, which I'm not. I'm just, it's me and my own sexuality. Um, yeah. We, well, that's we, right. Uh, no, you're right on that. Stand up. We're, we're talking with Ken Williams, the co-founder of the Equipped to Love Ministry Uh, He's done a lot of work and was a part of this changed movement, this once gay movement that came out of California. I'm sure other parts of the country has dealt with this. But a lot of it is because the government in California and other places are trying to pass law to make it more difficult for people that want to live a Christian life. They want to leave the homosexual community and they want to talk with someone. Maybe they want to talk with a counselor. And I imagine, Ken, in your work, you've been able to have those conversations with people. They're extremely meaningful. And you talked a little bit about your personal life, having left the homosexual lifestyle, if you will, if that's the right way to say it, or or to have been delivered from it, to been healed from it. And, and to now have a life where you're married, you have a wife, you have children, and, and not that everyone's going to go in that direction. They may decide to just live their lives in a celibate way, but, the, but I think a lot of people don't think that that's possible. It is possible, and it's also about people feeling like they're living their life in line with their Christian beliefs as well. And I know that's something you're going to talk about at the policy forum that we have on September 6th and 7th. We kept Ken a little bit longer. Look, I we really want you guys to come to this this policy forum to hear Ken talk about this in more detail. Ken, look, your your life, your story, your work is incredibly important. I also want to tell you that I do really commend you for your courage, if you will, to to talk about these issues really in the face of more people trying to shut it down just validates how important it is. As a fellow brother in Christ, I want to tell you um how proud I am of you for doing this because I know I can just imagine you and other folks. It's not always easy. It's difficult to face that kind of challenge, to be reminded of the past, if you will. But I'm sure on a regular basis to come face to face with how important it is. And I just want to encourage you in every way I can um, for you to keep doing it and let you know how thankful we are that this is what you're doing with your life. Well, thank you so much. It, it, it's just, uh, it's like falling off a log. It's, it's easy because, you know, when someone tries to take your, away your right, and, you, you know, it's like you, you, you've got to stand up for those that are coming behind you and need the same kind of help. And there are, I know, hundreds of people uh, that have left homosexuality and are very fulfilled. And you can, you can find those testimonies um, at changedmovement.com or follow us on Instagram uh, at changedmovement there and uh, track along yourself. Please go to the changedmovement.com website. Fascinating stories, talking about these issues, talking about people have been, uh, their, their life as they feel in a much healthier, a Christ-like way, and I'm sure they feel 
tremendous about the ability to do that and their life not ending in suicide like unfortunately it has for someone. Ken Williams from Equipped to Love Ministries. You can also find him at kenwilliamsministries.com. Ken, thanks for being our guest today, and we'll see you in September in Texas here in Austin at the Texas Faith Family and Freedom Forum. Looking forward to being there, Jonathan. Thanks so much. All right. God bless you, Ken. Wow. We could spend several segments talking to Ken. We're going to probably have to try to get him back on or record some stuff to bring it on. Um, But just, I mean, touched on some very important issues and pieces of this puzzle, so to speak. Uh, Look, I I have not lived through these kind of things like these individuals have that Ken, I, I mean, just from hearing about it, reading about it, I can just imagine. And so I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to exploit his experience, if you will. I'm trying to connect with it because many of us struggle with different things. And this might be different for some people, but all of us at times have issues of sin, if you will, or struggle of, of a different way that we want, we don't want to live. It takes tremendous courage to walk that walk and then to try to help people walk the same walk as well. And I, I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity that Ken is bringing to the table and that he's involved in because I know young people inevitably, whether, whether they're like Ken was where they felt it themselves or people are asking them, there's a lot of attention and activity on these issues for young people, much shorter than this, uh, so than there ever was before. You know, and I thought it was interesting about his point, stumbling across a magazine, you know, in, in a deserted field or wherever it was, because that's used to be really one of the main places that you'd see these type of things is like, you know, some printed version. But these days, I mean, you can run into it in a whole host of places. So you can just imagine how it is for young people in the digital world, so to speak, and and, uh, more people, you know, you imagine are are getting connected with it or they're getting touch with it or they're running into it, so to speak. And so it's a very relevant topic, you know, and I have young children too. I have a 13 and 11 year old and uh, and also have a nine-year-old daughter. And so I just, you know, it seems almost impossible these days to shield them from this information, but it's not. I mean, and, and look, if they're going to come into contact with some of this type of stuff, you know, I, I hope that they don't, but you at least a parent can talk to them about it. And that's why we do the work we do. We're seeing more efforts to try to stamp out or make it illegal for people to have these conversations. There was a law proposed in Texas. They've got a version of this in California that you can't have a conversation with a counselor and your child. You could not take your child to a counselor to talk to them about these issues of sexuality if you wanted them to walk a biblical life. Now, if you wanted the counselor to tell you it's okay to be gay, it's okay to engage in these type of activities, oh, that's fine. But according to this bill that was being proposed, if you want to say, no, I want uh, to encourage my child to live a biblical life, even he wants to do that, can't have it. Under, I think it was uh, House Bill 517 or Senate Bill 517. I'll check that with my staff. But you couldn't, that law, and thankfully it didn't pass. That was one of the ban the Bible bills that we were able to defeat. But that's what that law was trying to do. Make it illegal for you as a parent to take your child to see a counselor to talk about these issues. It, I, I remember, I think the language uh, actually said that you were required to affirm the homosexual lifestyle. And so uh, a lot to talk about on these issues. you got to come listen to Ken Williams. Come meet him in person, uh, you know. 
destroy the myth that these people don't exist and, you know, whatever you hear said out there, oh, that doesn't happen. There's not anyone like that. There's people like that and there's a whole lot more of them. Um, and I wish there weren't. I, I wish that people were able to live their life authentically uh, in a Christ-like way without having to have had these experiences and then made the decision that it wasn't healthy for them. But nonetheless, um, sex, September 6th and 7th, the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum, you got to get your tickets. The event sold out last year. It will sell out this year. All right. And it's only $25. I forget what the amount is. Very reasonable. Okay. And if you got a big family and you want to, you know, find a way to get there and, and the $25 is adding up, just give our office a call. Okay. We'll figure out a, ma- a way to make it work. Ken Williams is going to be speaking. We haven't set the schedule yet. So I can't tell you if he's going to be on the 6th or 7th yet. We'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks. But you want to come to the, the whole conference if you can. It is great to hear people talk about these issues that they live through personally, right? I, I work on a variety of issues. Our team works on a variety of issues. And as a matter of fact, before I forget, we're going to run out of time here. We had some great opportunities this week to be at two ceremonies at the Texas Capitol. Um, we were invited to be at a bill signing ceremony with Governor Abbott for two pro-life laws that you've heard us work on. The one, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, and the one that uh, the taxpayer protection from abortion providers bill that prevents contracts and funding subsidization for abortion providers uh, for government means. And the Save Chick-fil-A bill. I didn't bring in my cup. I should have brought in my Chick-fil-A cup that Governor Abbott signed for me. You know why I didn't bring it in? Because I didn't go to the office this morning, like I told you. I put it in a safe place, okay? But Governor Abbott had a ceremony for these pieces of legislation that usually means it's something the governor's office, not only do they sign into law, but it's something that they feel very strongly about and important. And to be there with Governor Abbott and all the Chick-fil-A cups, you can go to our website or our social, our Facebook page to see that, his signature on a bunch of stuff, a lot of fun, but a great opportunity to celebrate very important in pub- public policy in our state of Texas. And we were thankful to be there, but that's what you get when you invest in Texas Values. You can go to txvalues.org, make a donation today. And if you're on YouTube watching this, um, you can. we want you to subscribe today. Click the little bell button. I believe it's on the lower right. So you can get these videos and updates every time we post them. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.